is here. Yo, our mission is clear. It's time to change healthcare. Have no fear. Today is the day. This is the hour. Together, you know we've got the power. Drop the silos. We're all the same team. Patients, doctors, tech, and marketing. How can anyone be satisfied with the way things have always been? Yeah, we've tried. So join us now. Join the revolution. Digital health is the evolution. Status quo, more like status no. Yeah, this is the healthcare rap. Y'all come on, let's go. Welcome to the Healthcare Wrap, where we are ushering in the future of healthcare and the status quo no longer exists, where we are challenging assumptions about marketing and technology, and we check yesterday's thinking at the door, where truth drops like an atom bomb and knowledge flows like Niagara Falls. Each week, we challenge assumptions that have been holding back healthcare marketing and explain how we can do better. Join us. This is the Healthcare Wrap. Welcome back, all you members of the Healthcare Rat Policy. Jared and Peter here. What's up, what's up? Hey, what's new? Well, we do call this Healthcare Rat. And early, early on, we talked about some of our influences and maybe why we picked the name of this awesome podcast. And uh, I just saw that a new book by the two surviving members of the Beastie Boys is going to be coming out, if not if it's not out already. Uh, I've read some excerpts. It sounds like it'll be a fun time to kind of go through their lives as they kind of think about you know their whole career and then of course it ending with the the sad death of adam yach but um anyways i just wanted to bring that up because i love those guys and i think it's probably going to be a pretty fun book to read and it's closely related to our podcast because we are healthcare rap so just laying it out there yeah that's uh, that's pretty cool yeah it is you know they're pioneers and we're talking about pioneers and uh that's kind of why i always i love when you came up with this idea i'm going to give you full credit on this because i just love the idea because that's how i always kind of connected the two things we're trying to do some pioneering they were pioneers that's how i'm putting it out there putting i it like there. it i like it right. i'm wondering if the whole book like if the last syllable and everyone's like yeah, you know, like, <laughs> be interesting to see how it lays out. I know it, it sounds good. It sounds like they're just kind of talking. Uh, if the, what I read, it's it almost just as if you're hearing them talk. So it's actually pretty cool, pretty cool stuff. Nice. It's, it's hard to believe they're in their fifties. Oh, <laughs> okay. Now, yeah. So, on that note, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know what? On, on that note, we're talking about pioneers in this field. Whether you're in marketing, you're in tech, you're on the clinical side, you're on the supplier side. Anywhere here, we we talk a lot about just kind of this convergence of those of us in a lot of semi-related fields trying to do things and trying to make a difference in ultimately in healthcare and the healthcare experience. So you know what? If you haven't done this for a while, you know, I invite you just take some time today. You know, step back for a second and just think about the difference you're making. You know, if you're doing things right in your field, you're improving healthcare. You know, if you're marketing right, then you are connecting people with providers who can help improve their quality of life. Yep. You know, if you are uh, creating the platforms and the technologies and, and supplying the care itself, then you are helping improve the quality of life for somebody. So I know I don't think about that every day, but I ought to do that more often. So if you haven't, I invite you to do that on those days when I when I am able to take a step back. It feeds the soul. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of like that uh, one win you get out of 20 at a slot machine just keeps bringing you back, right? Right, right. Sometimes that's all you need. <laughs> right. Well, you know, we do want to thank our partner, True North Custom, for helping us spread the awesome. Spread the awesome. Thanks, True North. 
Yeah, this guy's rock. And we're going to move right into our rap battle today. Yeah, yeah. Are you ready for this, Peter? I am. I, I love this idea of this one. Let's do this. Rap battle. Okay, so rap battle is where we challenge an assumption that we think has been holding back healthcare. And so the one today is... It could go a couple of different directions, as usual. We usually just plan, you know, a couple of points along the discussion, and it goes where it's supposed to go. And the assumption that we're challenging today is that health systems and providers and hospitals don't really need to be involved in in wellness and ah, yes. proactive healthcare, right? Particularly on the non-clinical side. If it's right. on the clinical side, you're talking pop health a lot of the time, yep. but we're talking about just being involved in wellness in other ways, and that has to do with how we impact the digital health experience a lot of times, how how we impact the consumer experience outside of being in the clinic. So there's our starting point. And what we want to challenge is that there are ways that can be effective, but there's a lot of hit and miss right now. The market's kind of open out there. There are a lot of solutions out there that that use things that have worked in the couple of years before that, that have tried to gamify things, that have tried to create a wearable itself that that on its own is going to create wellness, that's going to send, whether it's proactive reminders to somebody who has been a patient or it's monitoring it and it's sending data back to the doctor yeah. so that they can contact the patient. There are a lot of things over the last five to 10 years that have come out and that have tried. And there there are some successes along the way, but then there are enough, I feel like there are enough misses yeah. that plenty of providers have just said, you know, why would we be involved in this anyway? What's the benefit? I'm not getting reimbursed for time that I'm spending to help keep someone healthy. And there's a transition going on that's bigger than that, that's the overall transition from fee-for-service to value-based care. Yes, and so there are financial incentives to keep a population healthy, to reduce readmissions, but it's often the question of uh, how do we do that and really what's effective. So here's my, my take on it. The starting point I feel like is to really drill down and understand behavior before you even worry about the tech, before you even worry about what the content is or how it would work. We have to understand how people are behaving and how it's changing rapidly. You think about how often somebody spends time on a website in a certain way, how often, how much time we spend on our phones, uh, how much time we spend in a lot of different digital communications. And there's a lot of inertia involved. Most human beings, the tendency with our behavior is to not want to do something different unless there's a reason to, unless there's a value in doing that that's worth doing something differently. By and large, by the time we're adults, we are all just doing the same things. We are falling into habits, and some are good and some are not so good. But we're used to a routine. Routine, for the most part, is happiness to people. (laughs) If you know what to expect, then you can plan for it and you can deal with it. And then when it's when unexpected things happen that we act a little differently. And so the same thing when somebody comes along and says, I've got the solution. I'm going to, you know, we're going to revolutionize healthcare. Yeah. That that phrase, mm-hmm. oh, we're, we're going to revolutionize things, and you know, love the enthusiasm there, but it's usually just hype. Yeah. So it, it could come from anybody, but somebody comes along and says, "We're going to fix things. We're going to fix healthcare. All you got to do is completely change the way you're behaving every day, <laughs> and all those habits that you have. All you got to do is uh, everything differently. Right. 
Right. So you're going down the wrong path, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with that. My, my take on it is uh, it's that fine line of being helpful versus being preachy. And I think that's the whole kind of issue around wellness. Look, I was in a previous life in healthcare, and uh, the the system that, that I worked for tried to do a, a wellness campaign, a pretty big one, in fact. You know, about eating right, exercising consistently, all those kinds of things. You know, getting in your daily walks and all those kinds of things. And I think what was different then as to now, because that may have been maybe ten years ago or so. Just think of what has gone on in the world at this point. So we have the Ubers and the Lyfts and we have these, what do we call them? The disruptors, right? I think as a society, we're more open now to receiving pop-ups and little alerts and things like that. Where Compared to like, you know, 10 years ago, that was like, oh, I don't want to be bothered. I don't want to see this kind of stuff. So I think there's a there's a shift that has happened and it's and it's still happening like you said almost every day where I think these kinds of things are a little bit more acceptable. However, again, I want to make a distinction here because in the work that I do I'm doing every day, I see there are chronic issues for kids and then there are normal things that happen, you know, like the the trauma or you know something that just happens. And I, I think there's one thing to be said if you're going to get consistent emails or alerts because your child has a chronic condition. I think there's no way around that. I think we have to do that, right? They have to come in on certain intervals, whether it be for cancer or orthopedic, like if it's scoliosis, something that they have to have ongoing imaging or ongoing radiation or ongoing chemotherapy, whatever it happens to be. That's not part of this equation or this discussion, right? We're talking more about, again, that kind of proactive health approach like what you were talking about. And the one thing that always comes up being in the work world for this long is I think business has a big say in this or has a big part of this because, you know, businesses want to keep their health care, health cost benefits down. So it's better for them to have healthier employees. So I've always wrestled with this too, that, you know, the, the idea of a company talking to you more about your BMI and all these kinds of things. This is like a, a fairly new phenomenon in the last maybe like maybe decade, decade and a half, where not only is your healthcare system trying to be proactive and, and talk to you about being healthy and eating better and things, but now your place of, of employment is doing it as well. And there's reasons for a lot of this, but a lot of it is comes down to costs and uh, the things, like you said, readmissions and, and all those things. So just some more morsels to throw out to this, into this uh, ingredients to, to talk about as far as the wellness goes. Absolutely. You think about the number of employee health clinics that are mm. popping up uh, from Apple to uh, Tesla last yeah. week. Yeah. Announcing Quad Graphics has their own. They have Quad Med, I think. I mean, there's tons of that. They're all over the place. And so that is a trend. That's a, that's a growing phenomenon. And that means businesses, like you said, recognize the value of healthy employees. Mm. So what I've seen in the past is a focus on the, the how, the technique, like the application, yeah. the channel that you use to communicate with people. And I do think, I think a couple of things have shifted in the last couple of years. One is just the, the overall number of resources of useful health content that actually get a lot of traffic. Yeah, There are a dime a dozen and there are libraries out there that you license the content for. So technically someone can come to your, they can come to you yeah. and get that health information. But most people don't do that. Right. Most people 
start with a Google search now. Yep. And Google has spent many years developing their health answers. Yes. So health information that you get from Google as a starting point, there's been kind of a separation. There's a few resources. There's the Mayo's and the Cleveland Clinics and the Johns Hopkins. Like there's there's three or four out there that depending on what you're looking for, right? Right. Right. Uh, right. If you're looking for a condition. Yeah. There are some that are a little bit more specialized in certain conditions, right? So Right. And so <clears throat> they own those kind of those, those searches on in a way in a, you know. That's a really good point. That's a really good point. So part of it is the fact that there are some sources that have become trusted to the majority of people who are looking up a Google search and, and that's reflected in how often those sites are getting traffic. And that can be regionalized as well. Absolutely. Right? You know. So there's still a play for that. There is. There is. Everybody wants their content to work. But if you're not careful, it'll drive you berserk. You need the right partner, but where to begin? Use True North Custom, that's how you win. In healthcare content marketing, gotta try something new because innovation is king. True North Custom, they're the bomb. Check it at truenorthcustom.com. Hey, we have a new exclusive giveaway from our partners, True North Custom. We're giving a branded infographic to healthcare app listeners. This is a $1,500 value. This digital asset can be used to promote key service lines as well as provide your communities with engaging health and wellness information. It can be shared via your blog, social media, and other channels. Visit bit.ly slash healthcare wrap two today. That's bit.ly slash healthcare wrap and the number two to select your free infographic from the True North Custom Library. It's time for you to spread the awesome. Remember bit.ly slash healthcare wrap and the number two? Tell your whole crew. The other side of that is how personalized the information needs to be. So what if in good faith the health system just starts putting out some some generic information out there to a base list and they have some information, some knowledge, whether it's from the EHR, from anywhere, yeah. of some basic conditions that they feel like enough people in a population, it, it might help them. Right. It can be very generic. It can be yeah, just about fitness, uh, weight loss, eating right, anxiety, mental health, a lot of things that a lot of topics that we hear a lot about. If that that used to work, basically, yeah. even very generic, basic information about you know just a tip here or there, uh, sun safety, you know, having anything out there used to work, but now that has to be so personalized. You can get that information from so many places. Yeah. That isn't necessarily going to move the needle. So somebody's not going to Google something and then start there. And, and that brings up another point. Even the fact that you are Googling something yourself, okay, sometimes you don't know what you need to be healthy, to be well. Yeah. And so a Google search is predicated on the fact that you are looking, you know what you're looking for. Right. And say, so, hey, I'm looking for information on this condition, like, like you just brought up, Peter. But there are other pieces to wellness. There's the proactive part that, you know what, we know enough about this person, about this patient, to know that you know, their, their behavior probably isn't, they're probably not used to a lifestyle that's going to keep them healthy. These things might indicate that. Yeah, they're like risk, high risk factors. Right. Yeah. And they usually do go together. So mm-hmm. a lot of times they, they are associated with, with an overall unfit lifestyle. Yeah. So there is some kind of generic info you can share with that population. There's going to be a lot of things that aren't interesting to people, and well, so you know, if you you know if you start giving if you if you have a platform and it's either texting or you know sending push notifications on a regular basis to somebody, and most of them don't apply to them, 
you go into full ignore mode and you're like that, that doesn't give me enough reason to change my habits. Yeah. I, and you know, this, uh, we can come full circle on this then too, because it, right. Feeding the right content to the right people is, is of utmost importance. But I would also say then too, that's where sometimes the content mix has to be thought out as well, because, you know, for me, I do well looking at uh, patient stories of things that might be affecting me or my someone in my family rather than just reading straight WebMD kind of copy. And frankly, that gives a, a better opportunity to, for a potential patient, a potential patient family to kind of, you know, quote unquote, meet the doctors that are at that, at that hospital or at that clinic. Uh, it puts a name with a face. You actually hear somebody speak. That's why we see all these, um, you know, find a doc videos and things like that, that almost every hospital system has. But I would also say too, that the world has become smaller too. We were talking about regionalizing different kinds of, of care in different areas. Like, you know, Mayo might, is really well known in the Midwest, right? Because they're out of Minneapolis, but they're in Arizona as well. And they're in Florida. But I think destination care has become, is becoming bigger and bigger too. I don't think people will bat as much of an eye or eyelash to take a flight when it, especially when it comes to their child or themselves, if there's a place where they can go that they can get experienced expertise on a particular type of issue, a flight is nothing at that point. So I think that's part of the mix when we talk about how do we feed this stuff out there. You can't just think about local or regional. Sometimes you have to think national or even international for, for that matter too. So just some other, again, morsels to, to this this conversation. That's a good point too. And then that kind of leads me to think about like I said, we usually don't, we, I think too many focus on how do you deliver it? Because mm-hmm. you were just talking about what you deliver right. and who do you deliver it to. So the how is an important part, just maybe you don't start with that. Right. You know, so I'm, I'm thinking, so the other day, you know, we're talking about wellness, right? So a year ago, I tried to run a mile. Actually, I tried to run, I started trying to run half a mile. Is a keyword and, try here? Yeah, yeah, the words, <laughs> because I'm telling you folks, yeah. I, I, I considered myself in general good health, but I tried to run half a mile and I got back to my house and I was like, like Hurting. convulsing and yeah. like, like dry heaving. I'm yeah. like for, for, for a while after that. And I'm like, my body, I can't run half a mile. Like this sucks. It, it, it's like a wake up call. It was. And yeah. so it was because I had actually had a family member invite me to go run an obstacle course race. And I'm like, yeah, yeah right. Yeah. And so I started, I started doing that. Lo and behold, last weekend I just ran a, 13 mile obstacle course. I'm giving race. him a fist bump right now. And I didn't, uh, no, no convulsing. You're happening. here still. I'm still here. Yes. And uh, it's funny because a couple weeks back before that, you know, I was trying to ramp up. Mm-hmm. And again, here I am. I, I don't know that much about running. I've not been in this, co- there's a whole culture around it now. Oh, yeah, like cycling, everything. Yeah. Yeah, but I haven't been in that. So I don't know a lot of the tips. Mm-hmm. And so I've been Googling a lot of things over the last year. Yeah. And when the top of my foot actually started really being in pain the other day uh, after one of these training runs, I thought, I have no idea what to do about this. I'm like, oh, maybe this is one of those, like, you know, you start Googling foot pain and it's like, you got plantar fasciitis. Right. Like you've got all this stuff. I'm like, wait, that's the heel note. Like, this is really the top of my foot. Yeah. And so I had to dig in a lot. Like, it, really, it would have been really cool if there was something somewhere, someone knows, okay, you've got this this thing, here's some tips. And yeah. like, the next time I lace up my sneakers that either something comes to me on my watch, my fitness band or my phone just to remind me, hey, just remember, like stretch this part out a little bit more right yeah. now. Yeah. I mean, that's the ideal state of wellness is that it's 
it, it's as automatic as yeah i mean as so anything it could be like at dinner time it, you know a health system or whatever could feed in you know don't forget your the good fats or you know whatever it have you know what i mean <laughs> right because you hear all that stuff and we were talking a little bit off air before we started this podcast and i think again that delivery is important down from when you check in at a clinic or at a hospital to outside the clinic i mean there's so much that goes into this and you know like i'll go back to the destination care thing there are hospital systems that are ramping up and actually hiring more people, FTEs, full-time employees that are based around like a concierge service where they literally will help people come into the country, set them up in a hotel, you know, figure out their, their schedule, you know, especially if you have a comprehensive care center. So they might be seeing, you know, four or five different doctors in one day. So they're basically like, kind of like a, like a liaison and they're basically scheduling them out for however long they're here. My point on that is that healthcare is moving into this different world as we started this podcast out where it's not only about what we're giving to people and and when, but it's it's the how too. And it's trying to make people feel, I think healthcare is trying to make people feel like, you know, come close, I'm gonna put my arm around you, but I don't want to get too schmoozy like the car salesman, right? <laughs> I, I think that's the key right here is, is, to, is to do it in a way that feels genuine and not uh, schmaltzy, if that's a word. That is a word, and that's a perfect word to end the rap battle on. <laughs> so, you know, I'm, I'm going to say we killed it. It's funny, though, because th- this one feels like there's, there's a, almost like a to be continued. Like there, there's, a, there's a lot more in this. I think it's going to keep changing. And again, some of that is, is, is based on just our general human behavior. So I think yeah. the more we understand that, yeah, we're going to get Throw some stuff it. back to us. Throw, throw some feedback. Because like you said, this is a to be continued or this is a, we can take this outside the podcast. Because I think there's so much that's involved with this. There really is. Sweet. Well, the perfect way to move on to our shout out. Yes. Let's do this. So shout outs where we just recognize a person, a place, a thing, a thought, a blog post, something (laughs) somewhere that has just stuck out to us and and caused us to think about the world a little differently. And mine's going to our friends at MedTouch because I, for one, uh, just thought something cool that they're doing at HCIC next week is basically kind of kind of disrupting conference or trade show swag so what they're doing instead of just you know handing out stuff at the table every time somebody stops by the booth and says hi to them they're going to donate ten dollars to the helen keller international uh, association and as it sounds like you know they they work on saving and improving lives of of really some of the world's most vulnerable people they combat blindness and more than that we were just talking about wellness Helen Keller International also helps combat uh, poor health and malnutrition. So I just thought that was really cool. I've never heard of anyone doing that at a trade show. So just wanted to give a shout out. Well, I'm going to give a quick shout out to a doctor that is actually at the hospital here. Uh, Her name is uh, Dr. Varina Borwinkle. She is in our neurocritical care uh, area under our uh, neurosciences area for Barrow Neurological Institute. And I will tell you something. She has been working on something that is helping neurosurgeons and neurologists better target and focalize on epilepsy. It is epilepsy month in November, so I thought this was apropos. She has uh, worked on, and this is that that cross between where tech 
and healthcare kind of mix. And she's been working on this program, a computer program called Searchlight. And it's using a, a technology called resting state fMRI. And so it's basically putting a child into some kind of a, a resting state, almost like a, a sleep mode. And it actually helps them focus faster and better on epilepsy such as hypothalamic hamartoma. I know that's a big word, but HH. HH. Right. <laughs> that's what we call it. The, and she was recently published in um, the journal Epilepsia. And the, the purpose of their study was to investigate the outcomes of doing epilepsy surgery, surgery targeting down to the sub-centimeter sized resting state, functional magnetic resonance imaging, so RS, fMRI. The significance is, for the first time, this surgery is possibly going to reduce seizures and give seizure freedom to intractable uh, epilepsy patients. Uh, their outcomes demonstrated the highest seizure freedom rate without surgical complications and are a significant improvement over prior reports. So kudos to them for getting published and kudos to her and her, all of her team over there in getting this um, tech created that's actually ultimately helping kids with epilepsy. It's just amazing what, they're, what people are doing with technology. I'm all about that. And when we bring that back to technology as part of the digital patient experience, some of it's clinical, some of it's not, but all of it is to help us all become better, uh, healthier, more well day to day. So perfect way to wrap it up. Man, a great conversation. I do think this is one we'll come back and visit a lot because if we focus specifically on the employer side, you know, what are some of the innovations that employers are uh, implementing to really attack user behavior today because it, it, it has changed. Yeah. We can't use the same solutions we did a few years ago. Somebody today trying to gamify the same things that somebody did five years ago might not have the same results or it might just be because it's not based on the right data, it's not going to the right people at the right time. You know, we are used to you know, just how, how we live our lives day to day. So hopefully one of those habits for you is listening to this podcast. <laughs> I see how you did that. You, man, just, just kind of work that in. I do think that's part of your personal wellness plan. I agree. You know? I agree. Because if anything, you're kind of nodding your head and saying, yeah, yeah. And sometimes just kind of a, a group uh, hive mind on sometimes, uh, sometimes makes you feel better about something. So hopefully we're doing that for you. And again, Always send us ideas. Uh, If you want us to to chat about other things, you have ideas, send it over to us. We will consider every idea. Every idea. We really will. Yep. So, hey, uh, thanks out there for listening. On behalf of Peter and myself, thanks, and that's a wrap. 